Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Today I'm joined by a special guest, Stephen Heckman, Vice President of Retail Services for Kingman Projects. He's been referred to as the Wikipedia of the retail rollout world. How many years have you been doing uh, Skechers now? I think we started working with them in 97, 97 or 98, right? And it wasn't all, it wasn't working with them forever. You know, there were some breaks in between because they, and there was some hiatus, you know, 9-11 came, they took a four year hiatus and stuff like that. So there was times in between um, when people were on hold with their plans. Um, but, but, um, but Skechers was actually, Skechers was actually the brand that took me overseas. So I owe a lot to Skechers because they did a store in England, um, Germany and Paris and at the time they wanted to use the supplier that we that i worked with you know to help them open those stores overseas so we actually contracted over there and that's really the first brand that took me overseas and consequently because i did those stores a german company uh austrian company called umdash um heard about it you know myself and and basically you know they wanted they wanted people who were in front of brands to bring brands to europe Right. So it just one thing led to another. And then that's and then again, consequently, um, brands were then going over to Asia, you know, because we had another market that turn, you know, in around 2011, 2010. Right. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted to go to Asia, you know, A mall, B mall, C mall. And so so my evolution is kind of kind of followed the brands. Really, and you've probably done the same thing. You've had some very good customers. Right? You no, know, that evolution's that, that evolution's really what, what what drove me and my growth, right? I mean, you you go through and you you jump on a wave. You know, they're kind of like waves that you surf. Yeah. So the first time you went over to uh, Asia and started working there, what was the what was the uh, you know the the hardest part about that? You know, Japan's a pretty modern country. I mean, every they have codes, they have rules, they have uh, permits. Um, working in China is a whole different animal. Um, they don't have these things, you know, um, it really depends. Um, they don't really have a lot of rules and restrictions, you know. Um, um, but I would just say that the, the main thing was, you know, building things here, you know, you had certain time frames, you know, you had certain rules, you have permits, you know, you go to Europe, it's the same way, you, you know, hard hats, safety vests, you know, you go to China and they're wearing flip flops and shorts. I mean, and, and they're carrying their tools around in a bucket. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a whole different um, um, way of, of building over there, and it, even 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 just last year alone, I did the Nike House of Innovation, which was the first one, okay, and before they built the New York one and the others, and um, I documented that build. It was about a six to eight month build, okay, and I flew back and forth and I documented it because I knew there, these stores don't come around that often. They're big stores, and just to see some of the um, ways and methods that they construct stores, you know, and the, and the landlord and things like that. It was just, it's, it's truly people, people over here take a lot of things for granted. Like, you know, just, just the fact that we have inspections, right? <laughs> that people think that's a burden, but technically when you don't have inspections over there, anything goes, you know, I mean, it's like a house of cards, but um, we, you know, one of the reasons clients pick Kingsman is because they do draw things up in, you know, they'll come over, we'll work with the Genslers and the different people, 
and will follow the rules and things will be built a certain way. It, it, what I'm saying is if you hire a third, third party contractor is when you get things that are sort of around, you know, around the corners, you know? So I'm just saying that that's one of the reasons I, I've liked working with them is because just some of the things I've seen, some of the ways they've stood up behind things, they don't, uh, you know, they don't change specifications. You know what I'm saying? Um, but still the methodology for building over there is still a certain methodology and it's a unique, um, it truly surprised a lot of people. It could be a show into itself, uh, Anthony. Yeah, what do you see today as the biggest difference between what we were doing 20, 25 years ago and uh, what we're doing now? Well, um, I know that people are using Procore and they're using a lot of these, um, they're living off of these, uh, you know, some of those management tools are great, you know, uh, especially for um, GCs and things like that. But for those of us who did, who grew up building things without a Procore, so we had a spreadsheet or, you know, we had a calendar, you know, and, um, you know, there's just no replacement really for having, I guess, some of that stuff, you know, that we had because I've, you know, there's been times we've had to jump in and make calls on things and it just doesn't show on a schedule. It doesn't show on the pro core. You can't see those things. It's, it's the macro part. It's the, it's looking at like where the supply stuff's coming in at. Where do you see the future of retailers? Uh, how do you see that impact? Uh, maybe we'll go down that path. What the way it leasing works sometimes is you would have brands that follow other brands because they know that center's already a winner. And if they can get in that center, they're kind of like half their work's done for them. There used to be brands out there that if a target opened up and you're in a target strip center, um, you know, if you got in that target strip center, you, you were golden, you know, there's those type of brands that would follow target as target was opening up across the United States. Um, I know some brands that did that. Uh, they, they then finally, after a while, they moved into the mall, but they were only, they were strictly strip center, you know, like they had to be on one of the legs. So certain brands uh, follow certain brands, but now what's happened is I've, I've met with some CEOs. Um, one in particular, I met with almost three years ago and he came to me, his build outs were incredibly expensive. Um, it was a high end brand from New York. He, he, he was, uh, you know, he was basically an accountant himself, even though he's a CEO. And he goes, I just want to open up a store for a year. I want to try it out. And he did, he said this to me three years ago. I want to try it out. I want to, you know, then I'll si decide if I sign a three-year lease or a five-year lease, you know? And so he was saying this three years ago. And that was just because he had gotten, he had gotten, you know, into some bad lease deals. And so a lot of times it's all about doing your homework. How do we build those stores at one-year store in case they decide to fold it up and move it somewhere else? How do we build it quicker, cheaper, faster, right, than ever before, right? Because I think that's, you know, the, the big tug on our, on our side. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, you know, the problem is when you take a space, even if you're trying to take a temp space, you don't know what kind of restrictions. You don't know if you've got to bring it up to ADA. You don't know all these different things. If you don't do the research, you can't just pop in there unless the landlord's willing to take, take that, you know, upgrading of the space on, right? A lot of times they give you a temp deal, Next thing you know, you're forced to make some upgrades to that space and you didn't count on that because you thought you were just going to do this temp deal, but the bathroom is not big enough or whatever. So <clears throat> again, you, you have to still do the due diligence if you're, you're going to do the, the temp thing, right, Anthony? Yeah, look, you can't half-bake a shopping center and you know their MO was, well, we'll give the tenant the money and maybe to finish, it, shopping, finish my space, to your point, to a legal a code compliance space. Maybe it was, 
you know, 150 or $200,000 and then thought to themselves, oh great, the, the landlord gave me 50,000 bucks. We are like, no, you don't understand. That 50,000 bucks only gets you a third of the way to what you need to do to get the space code compliant to your point. I think that uh, that's a great point. So, uh, uh, you know, as we, uh, as, as we look forward and uh, maybe if you were able to look back and say, uh, Stephen, go back and look at the younger you. Uh, and if you had a couple words of advice for the younger you and uh, looking at this career, uh, you know, from, from your point of view, from the, from the fixture and furniture uh, manufacturing, uh, what might be some things you, uh, uh, you, you, you would tell the younger version of you uh, if he was looking at uh, uh, this career? I think advice-wise, I don't think there's anything I would change on what I did. I just think that there's, there's decisions I would have made probably um, maybe differently with regards to brand rollouts and things like that. But I, I, it's, it's, it's hard because you've got to, to spot somebody who's the next Chipotle. You just don't see it in the beginning, right? The guy's going out and buying all his light bulbs at a Home Depot. His whole lighting package is Home Depot. American Apparel. Remember American Apparel? I mean, that was, uh, that they gave the contractor $20,000 and told him to go buy all his uh, shelving brackets and standards at Home Depot. That's exactly how they rolled them out. Remember, they're not around now. You know, Tesco, remember Tesco, fresh and easy, 100 stores. Remember they did that? They tried to take over the grocery business. They're gone now, right? But when they first came, we thought they were like, oh my God, this is the new way. But anyway, what I'm saying is it's spotting those trends and knowing which one of those customers, because you only have a limited amount of time, Anthony. I have a limited amount of resources and time. And and I like to invest on those one, those ones that are riding that high wave. Sometimes you only get to the third store and then they run out of money, right? So I think the I think the the younger advi the advice that to say the younger Steve or younger Anthony would be, you know, is looking for those key traits that you know that, you know, now looking back that what what made them a great retailer, you know, that you didn't know they were going to have three thousand stores, but they ended up having three thousand stores. You know, um, Starbucks is one of those brands. You know, I remember when Starbucks was just on the West Coast, and they hadn't come to the East Coast yet, and I called the developer that was in Boston. And he had leases for a company called Coffee Connection. Do you remember? You may not even know Coffee Connection. Sure, yeah. They had 30 stores, downtown Boston, the best retail locations. And so what did Starbucks do? They bought the Coffee Connection. Yeah, that's Coffee right. Connection disappeared. They took over the leases. But see, I've seen, I've seen how they've grown, how they grow fast by buying leases. But see, that's stuff that I didn't know back then. I didn't know. And when you see that, you know that they're, gonna be, they're doing the right thing. Well, Stephen, I got to tell you, I loved having you on the podcast. I hope that uh, you'll come on again. I am uh, grateful for uh, your wealth of knowledge. You have always been the Wikipedia of our business uh, with your relationships and the people that you know and uh, the relationships that you build. Uh, you are a pillar of the, of the, of the industry and uh, grateful to have you on today and uh, look forward to having you on again somewhere in the future. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for having me and maybe we'll see you next week. Cool. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monategi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.